join me in prayer this morning as we pray for our friends and our neighbors. I have a special prayer request this morning for myself, um, a guy that I've known for a really long time named Heath Husted. I, I met Heath um, back when I was doing youth ministry, gosh, almost 20 years ago now is when I first met Heath, and he died of COVID-19 this last week. Um, Heath was a big impact on hundreds and hundreds of people's lives, and the impact of his individual impact on people's lives just has this huge ripple effect. Um, I know I still think about some of the conversations he and I had, and my experience of Jesus through him, um, I will for all, I will always be grateful for. He left behind a wife and two children. Uh, his kids are the same age as my kids, so please lift up the Husted family in your prayers. Let's pray. Lord, we lift up Heath, Husted, his family, be with them in their grief. Lord, we pray for Caitlin Blodgett, Mike Wilson's niece who had emergency surgery. We pray for Amanda and her health and all of those who are suffering in this world, Lord, we pray for them, for Daniel and Martha and Mary Lou and Mary Esther. For all who are still suffering from COVID-19, we pray for them and for the healthcare workers that are taking care of them. For B. Siddons, adjusting to a new home and a memory care unit, Lord. We pray for Susan Hole and for Bud Landers and his family. And we pray for all of the Lighthouse volunteers and their clients that you would bless them as they serve and that they would all stay safe in the midst of their service. God, we love you and we love being part of this world that you have created. But we know this world is in need of more love. And so we wait. We wait because we are Advent people who know that the best is yet to come. That the beginning is near. That hope reigns and love conquers all. So Lord, help us to be agents of hope. Help us to be subversive in our love so that we can overcome the way that we even think about revolutions, that we would be part of the revolution of love that revolutionizes revolutions. Help us, God, in the midst of loneliness and help us in the midst of being overwhelmed with joy that we would know those moments don't define us. Help us to remember that your love for us is what defines us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. I know that you don't think of it as the New Year, but when you function through the church calendar, Advent 1, the first week of Advent, is the first week of a new year. And so the lectionary that we preach from, or that I preach from, goes in a three-year cycle, and this is the first Sunday of the new cycle. So it is, in all uh, ways, really, a new year on the church calendar. It starts every year on Advent 1. And I'm excited about Advent this year. I think it's obviously going to be the strangest Advent that we've ever experienced, but I hope also that it is the most hope-filled Advent that we ever experience. It's, it's an interesting thing to be 
practicing Advent, remembering that the, ad, the season of Advent is about remembering and waiting and hoping in the midst of literally waiting and hoping for the world to get back to something like it was this time last year. The passage of Scripture that I'm going to be preaching from this morning is found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, starting with verse 26. And I hope that the familiarity of this passage doesn't take away um, the depth of it for you. So listen to these words from the Gospel of Luke. The Holy Spirit revealed... Wait, wait, I'm in the wrong place here. I'm in chapter 2. That didn't work. Here we go. Verse 26 of chapter 1. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen? I haven't had sexual relations with a man. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's Son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. The woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he's blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. May God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation. And may God give us wisdom and courage as we try to apply the truth of Scripture to our lives. Amen. I want to start off by asking you to notice one thing about this passage of Scripture. The one thing that I want us to really think about this morning is the fact that Mary said, before Mary ever says yes, before she ever agrees to this 
thing that God is wanting to do through her, which she had the option of saying no, by the way, and she said yes, but before she ever says one thing that utters the affirmative that she's good with this, she is blessed. Before she ever says yes, she is blessed. And the reason I think that this matters is because I think it captures not only the important role that Mary plays in the gospel story, but it also reveals a central dynamic of what I think the Christian life is about. Before I get into all of that, I want to talk a little bit more about Mary. Mary, as you know, is regularly hailed as a model of what our faith should look like. Her acceptance of the role of God, of the role that God invites her to, to play the mother of Jesus, is a model for what faith looks like for us. Throughout Luke's gospel, the willingness to trust the promises of God is the main mark of discipleship. All through, as you're reading the book of Luke, you will see people saying yes to invitations of God, and that is always marked by Jesus as discipleship. And so Elizabeth believes in her old age that she will nevertheless bear John. The disciples believed that they would fish for people. The repentant thief on the cross next to Jesus believed Jesus was innocent and asks for a blessing. And it goes on and on and on. Levi, the tax collector who we call Matthew, believed that even as a tax collector, he could be part of Jesus' band of merrymakers. Mary Magdalene, who we talked about Tuesday night in the pastor's Bible study, was a woman who was known to have been possessed by demons. And in the midst of all of her illness, she believed. We talked about the men, the ten, the, the ten men who had leprosy. They believed that they were healed. All of these things point to the fact that Luke wants us to understand that saying yes to the promises of God is a mark of discipleship. And Mary in Luke's gospel, is the first person we see that says yes. But what is it exactly that Mary says yes to? That's the theme. We probably think, or I would think right off the top of my head, that Mary says yes to being pregnant with this person that is going to be named Jesus. And that we know all about his life, or at least a whole lot about his life. But the reality is, the first thing that she believes is that she is blessed. But she questions it. She wants to know why. Why me? What have I ever done to deserve the favor of God upon me? And that's the beauty of Mary's life to me. Yeah, she's courageous. Yes, she lives kind of in a fearless way. But to me, the most important thing about Mary for my life, and I think hopefully for your life, is that she realizes and recognizes that she doesn't have to be absolutely perfect. She doesn't have to have everything lined up. She's not 
royalty. She's not some sort of wealthy person. She has no power. She's just a teenage girl who's excited about her wedding and then finds out she's pregnant. She is just an everyday plain person much like us. Which is God's way. God takes everyday plain flawed people and does amazing things with and through us. That's why Mary is so important to me. We don't read about Mary working miracles, but she's still favored by God. We don't read about Mary doing anything spectacular. We don't even know that she's that great at being a teenager. I'm sure she looks at the ceiling really quickly as much as any teenage girl does. But she is favored by God. And the challenge of Mary to me is that we would know that we're blessed just like Mary. I know it's hard to believe that we're blessed. Blessing is a powerful thing and believing that we're blessed sadly is a rare thing I think also. We live, friends, in a world that seems geared toward rewards and punishment. Whether that be at work or at school or even at home, We've been conditioned to expect people to give us only what we deserve. But blessing operates on a completely different logic. Blessing is never deserved, but it's always a gift. Blessings intrude into, interrupt, and ultimately disrupts the quid pro quo that the world lives in. And it comes to announce that someone sees us, someone sees you, as special, apart from anything that you have ever done. And perhaps because it's so rare to find this in ourselves, to believe this in ourselves, that's why we need to remember Mary's story as we start Advent this year. Mary's confused. She doesn't understand the angel's greeting, and she says, what have I done to merit God's favor? And as we know, because it's a true blessing, she's done nothing. It's completely undeserved and unmerited. But as the blessing sinks in, Mary becomes able to open herself up to the work of the Holy Spirit to use her to bless other people. Mary's willingness to believe in the promise of God that she is blessed is the reason we are here today. Her blessing to bless other people brings us together. Because if she had said no, we would be talking about something completely different if we were here. You see, I think it's really hard for us to believe that we're blessed. It's hard for us to believe that God notices us. 
except maybe on Sunday mornings. But the rest of the time, it's really hard. And so what I want us to do this morning is practice something. I want you to take a few moments right now to imagine what you're going to be doing tomorrow. When you wake up, what's the first thing you're going to do? And as you go through your morning, who are you going to see? Who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to encounter? Because it's in those everyday, kind of mundane, routine things that God is noticing you. And the fact that God notices us is a blessing. Because, Diane, you've done nothing to merit God even noticing you. And, Stuart, you've done nothing to draw God's attention to you above and beyond anyone else. And, Mike, you sing wonderfully, but even your singing doesn't force God to look at you. It's just a pure, unearned blessing that you are noticed by God. And I hope, I hope that deep down inside of you, you're like Mary, and that I could become more like Mary and believe that God sees us and notices us and loves us. And in doing that, we can become a blessing to other people. And that, friends, is where hope comes from. And that, friends, is where living without fear comes from. It's when we know God is with us and God is on our side and being a blessing to other people, we can live fearlessly. In the name of our Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen.